This is King's Chaos, not only the place where two kings can exist at the same time, but two kings of spades. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of King's Chaos. I am your host, Kyle Pepitone, a.k.a. the Kingpin Parentheses of Spades. And today I am joined with another special guest, uh, Xavier Keyless, otherwise known as King Spade. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> yep. We've seen better times. We've seen worse times. Exactly. But it's almost over. All we can do now is just... Raise our glasses and hope 2021 is better. Exactly. So, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, well, as Kingpin already told you guys, uh, I'm also uh, King Spade. I've been doing this for about a little over a decade now. I've been writing since I was 10 years old. Uh, rock and roll is my main focus. I've been involved in rock and roll my entire life dates back all the way back to probably when I was six. My first ever, like, musical introduction was Metallica, of course. Oh, nice. Master of Puppets, like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it seems like. So, it's just, it, rock and roll is just basically what I do. You know, I'm a solo rock artist. Um, I write my own lyrics. I have, every now and then, I do have a, uh, a manager that likes to help on the side, but 90% of the time, it's just me my thoughts my mind and you know it's just how it's always been i've always been the type to work by myself not because i don't like working with others but if i'm a solo artist then you know i know that everything that i do is me right it it's you know, it so. feels like you have a sense of um what's the word like control or like originality like everything is under your say like you're doing everything the way you want it to exactly because if i have if i mess up then there's nobody to blame you know right. what i mean so then there's no flaws you know there's no problems i should say so i know if i mess up then it's on me that i know that i need to fix something you know it's not like i have to point out somebody and that's what helps me maintain somewhat of a good um, role because I know that if I mess up, I know what I have to fix. Right. Just like if I do good, I know what to do next time. It goes back and forth. Right, exactly. And also, who better to convey your message than yourself? Exactly, because I don't have songwriters, you know, I can do my own. Everything's raw. Right. I know, like, my heart and my mind is what's writing and not, I have not, I'm paying somebody on the side to write me lyrics, everything that is said and sung is all 100% me. Nice. And I, I, I can yeah. respect that. Yeah, so, it, it, it's, it's powerful because when you do that stuff, it's raw emotion, you know what I mean? And that's when exactly. you get the best music. Because anybody, really, if you really sat down long enough and tried, anybody can write a song, you know what I mean? Right. But it's when you write a song that comes from the heart and that comes from experiences, that's what makes a song, you know, powerful. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, because there's a lot of things that we see today where, like, you can just write a song about anything, and okay, it's on the charts for, like, maybe a week, but a song that actually conveys a powerful message, like, it's one written through emotion and not just for the for whatever reason, I think those songs are the ones that's more powerful. Exactly, because then you can get people that can relate to you, and when people relate to you, there's no other... There's no feeling in the world. There's no high that you can get that can top that. Because like, like you said it yourself, I mean, if you listen to music nowadays, it's a loop, it's a beat loop with the same couple senses. But when you actually sit down and you actually write and you let your heart write, that's right. when you get a song. And then that's when people listen and they go, oh, you know, I can relate to this. And that's yeah, exactly. the best feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But that's very interesting because I, I knew you were an artist and I knew you did most of your stuff solo, but I didn't know you were like completely solo, like you did everything by yourself. No, yeah, I do uh, the drums. Like if I were to do instruments, which I'm, I'm more of like you said yourself, I'm more of an artist in the term of a lyricist. Right. You know, I'm more of a vocal, you know, I'm the front man, but I have nobody behind me. I mean, yes, I do have, a, uh, a photographer here and there. I do have a band manager here and there, but when it boils down to it, you know, I'm the one, I find the shows for myself. I find, you know, the right words to say, the lyrics. You right. know. The past, the last concert I did, the Jeff Nelson Christmas special, all yes. the decorations that I put up, that was all me. I don't have a stage crew where I don't pay people. That's all 100% me. That's oh. all my creativity. Yeah. That's very cool, actually. Very respectable. Thank you. So now what I usually do in like interviews for musical artists, I like to start off the interview by asking them how they came up with their name, their stage name or their band name and what it means, like if there's a deeper meaning to it. So obviously, what um, how did you come up with King Spade and what does it mean? So it's funny, King Spade used to be just the spades. And the way that it came about was one night, me and my younger brother, we were just playing cards, whether it was war or, or blackjack, we were playing something, you know, we were just poker, we were playing cards, we were just bored, there was nothing to do. We've already played all our video games. Right. So we just result, you know, we started playing with cards. And I don't remember how we got onto the topic of like card tricks, like magic and everything. But somewhere along the line, we did. And my brother did this trick where no matter how many times you shuffled the cards or how many times you could cut the deck of cards, no matter how many times you did it, you can do it 100 times, you can do it 10 times, he was always able to pull the jack of, sp jack of spades off the top of the deck. Oh, no wow. matter how many times, yeah, no matter how many times you cut that deck, no matter how many times you shuffled it, even if you were to combine two piles of cards together, he was always able to pull off the jack of spades on top. So what? he impressed me. And, and for somebody to impress me with magic is, you know, impressive because I used to, before I did all this hard, like before I actually jumped into the scene and I was actually, you know, made myself a rock star, if you will, you know, a rock, you know, somebody who likes music, a musician, right. there you go. Um, I used to do 
I used to love Chris Angel, and I used to do all that magic tricks. I had the kits. I had everything. Oh, nice. So I still, I still to this day don't know how he did it, but I gave him the title. You know, from then on, his nickname was Jack of Spades. And in this oh, moment, we were still trying to, yeah, in this moment, we were still trying to figure out because the band used to be me, my brother Frankie, who is the Jack, and my other brother, Philip, who is known as the Ace of Spades. Now. Oh. So we were still going through ideas of what to call ourselves. We went, and we went from uh, Crystal Skulls, which we just sounded cool. There was no meaning behind that. We went from Iron Soul, which again, it was just a thing that we put together. And then Frankie looked at me, he goes, he goes, wait a minute, Jack of Spades is a cool nickname. Why don't we just make ourselves the Spades? You know, I can be Jack, I can be Jack, you can be King, and Philip can be the Ace. And ever since that day, uh, I've always been known, it went from King of Spades, but then, you know, life, everybody goes through life differently. You go down your own path, you know, college, school, job. So Frankie wasn't able to practice as much as I wanted to. Philip wasn't able to. We still jam from time to time, don't get me wrong. But then there was no meaning to King of Spades because there's only one spade. So then it just became King Spade. Oh, cool. And ever since then, that's how it came about was a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. And like, I, I anticipate like as I do more and more interviews on the show, I'll get more. And like, I doubt any explanation of a name for a band or an artist will ever be the same. It's amazing how each person has their own unique story about why they're called what they're called. And I, I, exactly. I, I just love hearing that. People are creative, man. Once you tap into that, my, everybody has an imagination. It's just a matter of tapping into it, you know? I exactly. mean, look at, uh, look at Marilyn Manson, for example. You know, he went, he took something beautiful and something evil. He took Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson, and that's how he got Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember hearing about, I remember reading about that. Yeah, it's just if you, you know, everybody has an imagination. It's just a matter of letting it go and tapping into it. Right. You know? So it, it's clever what people can come up with when you really sit back and actually ask the questions like you do, you know? Yeah, that is very true. It's, I, I, I do like hearing that. And that's actually a very good way to put it. Like, because I, I, I know a lot of people a, as an art major, I have a lot of like friends and people that I talk with that always go like, oh, I can never do what you do. I can't even draw a straight line. I'm not as patient or imaginative as you. But the way you put no. it, like, people are. Everybody is. And I think I think a main contributor is just everybody's putting themselves down as, I can't do this. I'm not that creative. Exactly. And one of the main problems is people are afraid of showing their true colors because they're afraid of how people will react. Right. One of the lessons I learned is you need to learn to just do you and don't worry about what other people think because they're also feeling the same way as you are because every, everybody wants to fit in. It doesn't matter if you want to fit in with the popular kids, you know, the, com- the computer kids, the bookworms. Everybody wants to contribute to something, but nobody wants to be themselves. And that's why nowadays everybody has an imagination like we both just said it's a matter of tapping into it and just letting it go yeah very very true it's something that i think i don't want to point blame anything but i think like you were saying like everybody wants to fit in so like society is a bit of a dampener to inspiration and creativity 
It is because no matter what you do or say, some somebody's going to look at you the wrong way. Somebody's going to no matter who you are, you'll never impress everybody. Right. And that's what people try to do. People try to impress everybody, but you just have to learn that you can't. Very, very true. So now, wow. now obviously everybody has creativity, but do you think that like everybody has their own different way of going through that creative notion? Like everybody has different sorts of things that can inspire them or different things that can spark creativity in them. I'm sure. I mean, everybody goes through, like I said earlier, everybody goes through life differently. Right. You know, you and I are different because I might like something that you don't, but there's something that I like inspires me, but it might not inspire you. Everybody right. has something, even if you're like hard headed and you don't want to admit it, everybody has someone or something that they look up to. Yeah. You know, whether you want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you want to be a professional bodybuilder or, you know, you look up to, I don't know, Alice Cooper, Ozzy, and you know, and you want to be a heavy metal rock star. Everybody has something that they want to be, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but everybody has something that they want to be, but they are, they're just afraid of how people are going to react. Right. And, you know, yeah. And um, getting more into that personally, who are your inspirations? Who do you look up to? Who do you want to be like when you, well, I, not grow up. That's not the right word, but who do you want to sound like in your like music? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I always go back to Ozzy Osbourne. And, it's, and the reason why I always go back to Ozzy is because I was probably eight years old, maybe seven. It, it was young. And me and my sister and my mom had just moved out of where we were living. We were living in a, uh, an apartment for like, for like a year, j just a short time. But we had Christmas there. And my Nana was a a headbanger you know my nana out of all people was a heavy metal you know she listened to rock and roll music she'll drive down the street blasting metallica and nice. for christmas for christmas her and my mom got me a joint gift where my mom got me a stereo like like a little blue boom box and my nana got me two ozzy cds and they were black rain and down to earth which to this day down to Earth is my favorite Ozzy album. It's underrated in my opinion because everybody always goes back to Wizard of Oz. And yeah. Everybody always goes back to No More Tears. But my favorite is Down to Earth, hands down. But from the age of eight when I got that up until maybe the age of 14, believe it or not, that's all I listened to was Ozzy. You know, everything I did was Ozzy. My mom would give me... My birthday, she'd give me Ozzy t-shirts. She would, every Christmas, I got an Ozzy necklace or something, you know, crosses and all that oh, stuff. cool. I even went as far as to, uh, when I was in fifth grade, for my fifth grade graduation, I wore Ozzy, like the little spectacles. I wore Ozzy glasses on my fifth grade graduation. Oh, nice. You know, I, I, looked, up to, I looked up to Ozzy because, you know, I'm not going to say I had it hard growing up because I really didn't. I had everything I wanted. But Ozzy, music in general was like an outlet that you can go to no matter what's going on. Right. And Ozzy, and Ozzy was that outlet for me because, like I said, for five, six years or so, he's the only singer I knew. I didn't know of Marilyn Manson and Linkin Park or any of, like, yeah, I would see a music video on MTV back when MTV was MTV. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
I only knew Ozzy, and I wanted to make people feel the same way he made me feel. And yeah, I was only 10 years old, but like I told you earlier, I've been writing since I was 10. Ozzy was really a big inspiration to everything. And then once I got a little older and I got, you know, technology, I got a cell phone and the internet and everything. Yeah. I've discovered Alice Cooper and Manson, Slipknot, you know, I discovered all of them and then it just fueled my fire even more. Yeah. Nice. To be like one of them. And this is this is more of a personal saying, but that that right there is a very good taste in music. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it's hard to find people like that nowadays. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, the I, ones that you find are rare. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like Cooper was like my first artist who really got me into this rock and roll stuff, and then Slipknot came along and got me into the heavier stuff, and then Ozzy. Yep. Lincoln Park, Corn, all that kind of stuff. It's just there's something about it. I don't know what it is or why. Well, I can name a few reasons why I would like it more than you know, like more of the mainstream stuff. But just yeah, even outside of that, because they're very all these bands have very different sounds from like other bands, other rock bands out of there. Because obviously, uh, Alice Cooper sounds nothing like The Police, just to name an exactly. example. But th- there's something, and that's what it is. Yeah, it's different, and people like people like different, especially people like I was talking about before. People who are afraid to express themselves, they express themselves through music. Right. You know, I mean, Ozzy grew up in England in a very poor lifestyle. Corey Taylor from Slipknot was, you know, every one of these rock artists that at least I listened to, and just like you mentioned, Corn, Slipknot, all of them. They've all started out where they were different, but right. they let their imaginations go. And now look at them. They're, make, they're making big bucks. Exactly. For years, they've been, Ozzy's been in the business for 50 years. Wow. That's a long time. He's been, yeah. he's been, he started out when he was around 20 years old, you know, Black Sabbath, War Pigs. Yeah. He's 72. He's done it. He's done everything. Let's Yikes. be real. Yeah. I didn't know it was 50 years. Wow. No, yeah. I, I saw his No More Tours too back September 10th of 20, 2018, I think, was when he oh. did it. Yeah, because it, it was funny. A quick little side story. I was in the hospital that morning just because oh. I was getting sick, and I, you know, I just happened to go there. Um, and the lady told me I, I, I had like some hardcore coughing going on it was nothing serious it was just a really bad cough that oh, like, okay. wouldn't stop and the lady told me she goes she goes oh you should be home resting and i was like well i'm sorry to tell you but i have an ozzy concert to go to tonight and i'm not missing it i went to the ozzy concert i sang my lungs out to crazy train let me tell you so that's dedication you know, to be 70 to be 70 years old and still rocking out yeah that's dedication <laughs> yeah that is true and so <laughs> Since you've mentioned um, that you've been writing since you were 10, which is a very long time, how how do you go about, like, writing your songs? Like, what do you have a different um, process for, like, writing lyrics than writing music? And have you seen, like, your writing style or writing process change in over the years? I've definitely seen it change because when I was, like I said, when I started out, I would just write 
I would try to rhyme words the best I could. And then I'd be like, here, I wrote a song. You know, it was no right. process. It was just, I was young and I wanted to become as rich and famous as I possibly could. And I thought if I just started shooting out songs, that eventually somebody would be like, oh, that one's good. But it was getting me nowhere, you know. Right. So I actually took a little break from writing probably around high school, back in like 2015, 2016, like my senior year. I took a break from writing and I actually ended up going back and looking at some of my older um, lyrics that I've written. Even though I was younger, I still, I, you know, I ended up finding a folder and I looked at it and that's, it, it, it was, it was like powerful almost because even though I was young, I was writing these lyrics that somebody of older age should be writing. Even okay. though I was rushing them out, even though I was rushing them out, I still had something in my mind that was trying to get to its full potential. You know, oh, it, 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 it was like when you plant a seed and it starts to sprout, you know what I mean? The seed was planted right. and I like, I put the book away for a couple of years and I looked at it again and it started to sprout because then I looked at it and I was like, well, if I could, if I wrote this when I was younger, what can I do now? So I started up again. And one of the processes that I do now is that I'll write a song, but I'll take time this time. You know, I actually right. take time now to actually try to get what I need to say said. I'll put it in a folder and I'll put it away for a couple of days, maybe like two weeks at most. And I'll open it up again and I'll look back to see what I can do. If it still gives me the same meaning that I had when I was writing it, right. then I know it's the right song. But if, if I look at it and I go, why would I write that? Then I know I got to change something you know i see what you're saying yeah i think that's one thing i'm guilty of as like a amateur songwriter and i put that in quotes a lot because mm -hmm. i started like seriously songwriting uh when i had like a secretary job at my gym it was an early morning shift like five in the morning so not many people were there i.e i had a lot of free time and so what i would do is i wound up writing like two or three songs a day during that shift but the problem is that i would then put them away and never listen to them so or not listen to them yeah. but never go back to them so i feel like taking those songs which are about maybe a year 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 and a half old at this point i think if i looked at them again i might have different feelings than when i wrote them originally exactly and that's when you like i said that's when you realize either A, it was powerful, or B, it was just you writing in the moment. Right. I, I recently found myself doing it again, where around, like I said, around senior year, when I started writing again, I wrote a couple songs, I put it in a folder, and I tucked it away, and then I tried looking for it, you know, I couldn't find it, it, it got misplaced somewhere in my office, and recently, probably like a couple months ago, because when COVID struck, I, uh, I was home for a little bit, because of my job, so right. I decided to, you know, straighten up my room, you know, just straighten up the office, studio, whatever I had to do, just do something to get my mind off of it. And then I ended up finding the lyrics that I had written and I opened up the folder and I shocked myself. And I think that's one of the most powerful things is when you can shock, when you write your own lyrics and your own lyrics that you wrote shock yourself, then you know, like, oh, you know, that, you know, it's powerful because there's no the fact that you wrote it and you're right. shocking yourself just says it right there 
Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it makes you wonder, like, what were you going through at that time? You know, what were you thinking about? Right. You know, I, I think about, stuff, you know, yeah, definitely. I think looking, if I look back on those songs, I think I could tell what I was thinking at that moment in time. I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of, I'm very tired and want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I've had many long nights where I've, I, I've, I've stayed up until like two, three in the morning. I'm just like, all right, it's time to go to bed now. But let me just make sure this is done properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So, I've uh, recently, around um, late December, you released a song called Breathe. So, I and I, I, I just listened to it today, too, uh, for like the second or third time before starting this show or starting this episode of the show. And I, I'm, I, I really like it. And I, I was just wondering, um, what message were you trying to convey with that song? Like, what was your process for that song about what were you trying to say in it? And do you think you got that message across? Well, first, I'd like to say thank you. It means a lot. And um, Breathe is basically the message I was conveying was sometimes we got to take a step back from life because we get so caught up in life that we get like, you know, whether you're stuck on bills or you're having car problems or anything, you know, life just piles up at random times. You know, we don't expect life to just throw hardships at us. But I mean that, but even though you're going through hard times, you got to remember to take a step back and breathe, you know? So the message is about basically relaxing, calming down, taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture. You know, even though, yeah, you might, let's say, for example, you might have a car issue and your car is not running. You got to take a step back and, okay, well, if that's your only problem, then you're doing good because you have, you know, let's say you have money, you have your family. Right. You know, everything's all good. And that song was really one of the first songs that I actually wrote a while back and I brought back to life. Oh, cool. It was a song that I had written probably about, not that long ago, maybe like two years ago, and I just tucked it away. I opened it up and just with everything that has been going with COVID, you know, everybody who's been affected by it, you know, my own personal life, I just thought it was the right time to do it. And there's actually a lyric towards the end of it that goes, uh, when your life's at an end, when you've lost your best friend, when the family is gone, spin a record to your favorite song. And that's basically saying like, okay, you may have family problems. You may have, you know, you, you and your friend may not be on the best terms, but you can still turn to music. That's why spin a record to your favorite song was the ending uh, lyric. Oh, cool. And that actually, that set of lyrics came from my own personal perspective because uh, a couple years ago, you know, I'm still dealing with it too to this day, but I've had family problems growing up. So I put the family in there trying to reflect on me so I could relate to others. The friend is, again, too, I have a best friend that we're not on very good terms because he's going through some stuff and, he's, you know, we're not really talking. But at the end of the day, I know I can turn to music. And right. That's where those lyrics came from. Interesting. Yeah, because I, so, I definitely, I like those lyrics specifically, I can find myself relating to because... My like my family is very good. We actually did an episode and that turned out great. But like all families, we have bumps in the road. But especially with the friend thing, I had a best friend from like the first day of high school all the way up until the end. But 
I don't know exactly what happened, but like things got rough and I haven't like actually spoken to him since graduation. And that was about two, two, no, one and a half, 2019 summer, let's say one and a half years ago. Exactly. And this friend that I was referring to, I've known him since second grade, my entire life. You know, I'm going to be 23 in February. So that just shows you right there. We've we've been friends for 15 plus years. Wow. And then out of nowhere, you know, but but like I mentioned earlier on, life happens. We take different paths. You know, we just got to learn to respect people's choices and you just got to move on. Right. Exactly. So it is what it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you also wrote on when you posted the video, um, the music, uh, when you posted the song Breathe, uh, you wrote that you had an upcoming EP called Incomplete Gods coming out in the spring. Do you want to tell us a little bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, so Incomplete Gods was actually, I got the name, but the name was inspired by uh, Marilyn Manson himself. He, um, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was either an album or something, but he used the term in one of his interviews, incomplete, like we are incomplete gods, but he never made a song out of it. And I looked at it and I, and I, like, I took a step back and I looked at it and I was like, that sounds like that could be either a, a really cool band name or a really cool like album name. And I, yeah. and I, stepped, I took a step back and I was looking at the bigger picture and the incomplete gods, when it's released, it's going to, the main focus about it is going to be like how, just like how we mentioned earlier, tapping into your creative, you know, like tapping into your imagination where we want to be, you know, we want our lives to be fulfilled. We want our lives to be complete, but we're being pushed back, you know, whether you have, you know, whether it's stress or anxiety or fear stopping you from being incomplete. And that's where the name, you know, my version of Incomplete Gods came from is that we're all it says that we're all made in his image, you know, God's image. Right. But reality, reality is stopping us from becoming incomplete. And that's where incomplete gods, the name came from. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that, that EP is going to be based off of, you know, releasing your imagination, trying to become complete. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one, but I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like I, that one's gonna be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, based on what you just said, I'm pr- I'm pretty excited for it too. Thank you. <laughs> we talked about your new EP coming up, Incomplete Gods, and before even before that, you had mentioned um, stuff about playing live, and obviously, since 2020 has been a dumpster fire, uh, concerts haven't really been a thing anymore because. Like you said earlier, the last show you did was Jeff Nelson's uh, winter one, right? Yeah, that was the last one about a year ago, literally. (laughs) Yeah, 2019, which is December of 2019, correct? Yep. I think that was the 23rd. I think it was a couple days before Christmas, so we're going a little bit, a couple days over a year. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I remember being at that one, but that's crazy that that was the last show and that's over a year ago now. Yeah, that's not how I was planning it. I had so many things planned for this year. I was supposed to perform again in, uh, in March. We were calling it the Ides of March. Uh-huh. But right in that little area, that's when COVID really yeah. you know, 
came about and hit hard was literally in March. So that just dropped. Everything dropped. Yeah, that's when everything got shut down. So overall, clearly you got a few of your shows canceled. But how how else did like this whole... I'm not even going to say pandemic anymore. How has 2020 affected your uh, performance at, well, not performance, but like performing shows and also recording new music? Well, it's definitely given me time to record because I have, luckily for me, I have an in-home studio, so I don't oh, really travel anywhere, you know. Um, but as it comes to like practicing, performing and being live and everything, to be 100% like honest my very first year coming out performing live was last year oh really so yeah so i started back in april was my first time actually breaking out and being live and then i only performed four four shows last year so it's i get stage fright before every show but like once i hit that stage everything vanishes you know like in that moment where you know, it, you're in that moment now. It's, you know, there's no going back because you're already there. Right. You know, and I was hoping that 2020 would just enhance that, you know, where I wouldn't even be worried about anything at that point. Right. But unfortunately, you know, shows got canceled and all this other nonsense. So I feel as if a part of me feels like I'm, I'm going to have to start all over again with the performing live. I got to have to get used to it again. Because last year, I was, after the first show, I was, it was beautiful. It was all set. I was all used to it and everything. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then and 2020 was supposed to be like my hardcore breakout, where it's like, here I am, you know, this year's even better. But that was a hardcore lie. <laughs> yes. So it, everything we'll just got. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. 2020 is just like wrecked everything. Yep. Yeah. But so like in those shows, um, in your performances that you did get to do in 2019, um, did what did you mostly do covers or did you do original stuff or like a mix of both? No, it was 100 percent covers and it was always a Mar- it was always Marilyn Manson. Right. I wanted to do original, but that little piece of doubt inside of me was like, oh, it's not going to come out as you imagine it will. Right. So I always okay. ended up changing it straight up to. Uh, Marilyn Manson covers. That's all I did. That's good. That's a that's a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you were performing more, if you were going out there and going on tour and stuff, or just performing any shows, what artist, like, what would be your dream artist, uh, or top three, actually, what would be your top three artists, dead or alive, to collaborate with? Uh, either in studio or on tour and do would that be different like artists to collaborate in studio and artists to go on tour with when i if you were to ask me this question 10 years ago i would say ozzy osbourne hands down but now that i've you know grown and i've seen other artists and everything i would have to say uh manson i would love to you know open for Manson or, you know, collab with him in the studio. I've been told on a couple, you know, a couple shows and even in person, like out and about that my voice, when I actually, when I sing, people can hear a resemblance of Manson. Oh, so if cool. I were to actually get into the, if I were to get into the studio with him and have the technology that he has, where we can just sing together, 
I feel like it would sound, in my opinion, I think it would sound great. Oh, yeah. You know? Most likely, yeah. That would be really cool. Uh, exactly. And the one thing I've always dreamed about is, like, uh, uh, going back to your top three artists. The other right. one, I would want to, I would love to one day, if ever, be on stage with Slipknot. I oh, mean, one, cool. they're insane, you know? Yeah. And two, only for one song. I want to do Spit It Out. You know, I oh, want to I want to witness when Corey Taylor gets all those people down and they jump up. I, I like, I, every time I watch a, a live performance of them and they do Spit It Out live, I, I just, I, it's just amazing how you can get hundreds of thousands of people, one man can get all the people to just get down. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then jump up on his command. You know, like, I've always thought that was, insane so that that's definitely something i would love to one day you know if ever experience yeah like see it see a scene like that from, from the eyes. stage that exactly. that's Seeing really cool. it from his eyes nice now since you've been doing music for such a long time is there like anything you could would go back and do differently in like your music career or uh just in your life in general like is there anything you would do different with this knowledge now? Music-wise, I would be uh, be more of myself back then, because even I, I, like I said, everybody wants to fit in, and I was letting my ego, if you will, I wanted to fit in so bad with the popular kids, the cool kids, but I was right. putting my music second. I was putting that behind me when that really should have been in front of me. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. So I wish I can go back and change that. But when it comes down to like my life, I wouldn't change a single thing because everything I've done, be it, you know, wrong, right, all the space in the middle, every single thing I've ever done in my life has led me up to where I am today. It's all been learning lessons. You know, it's been a learning task. Right. You know? Okay. And if, if I were to cancel all that stuff out, I wouldn't have learned anything. That, right. Because I, I think yeah. that's a thing a lot of people go through, like, oh, if I can go back, I would change this and not make these mistakes. But I, I don't think everybody realizes that, like, the mistakes you made or you know, mistakes and accomplishments that you've gone through have shaped you into the person you are today. And that's another reason why, like, I, I would put myself in the same boat as you. If I could change anything, I don't think I would, because what I've done in the past 19 soon to be 20 years of my life has led me to this moment and i don't think that's a bad thing i think uh, obviously 2020 happened but i don't think that's something anything i did would have changed so i think personally i in a i'm in a good place where i wouldn't want to be anywhere else at this current moment in time exactly because it, it, it goes back to the old saying, you need to learn how to lose in order to win. You need to learn how to fail in order to succeed. Okay. I wouldn't change anything in my life because I wouldn't be able to succeed if I didn't fail. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's, the, that's so. where that fear comes back into now. You can't wait until you feel comfortable to do something. You have to go out there, learn how it works, maybe fall a few times, and then that's how you get better. Because... I, I could apply that to like so many different things that I've done. I mean, this radio show, number one, I was always 
scared, like, what if I don't have a topic for this week? What if I can't get my words out correctly? But I passed the test and they gave me the open spot. So I'm like, I'll take this and I'll get better as I go along. You got to take it and just run as far as you can. Exactly. Don't let anybody stop you. Right. You know, you can't have fear. Right. And even even if you do, fear is something that could help. Like, I, I took a speech class and our professor talked about, like, turning that fear into, like, determination to, like, get through it and make it good. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, fear is a strong weapon. You can try to learn how to get over it. Exactly. And now, of course, I think before we move into our final segment of the show, the royalty recommends, but the age-old question for any interview, what advice would you give to starting artists or anyone in general? So what advice would you give to people who would like to get into the music industry or just people who would like to do something creative with their lives in general? Just do you. It's as simple as that. Don't let anybody tell you what to do in life. Just gonna whatever you do, do it as best as you can. Take right. it and run it and go as far as you can with it. Don't let anybody stop you. That's good advice. That's all. It's as simple as that. Short, simple, and sweet. Exactly. And yeah. now, like, I feel like a lot of people, like myself included, would like be like, "That's like that's very good advice." Don't get me wrong, but there's always that fear stopping people. So how how did you get over that fear of like being different and not fitting in with the popular kids? There are some things that we all handle differently. You know, you handle fear differently than I do. It's something that we have to learn on our own. Right. You know, and, but once you learn, you, the main focus is you have to understand that at the end of the night, at the end of the day, no matter what you do or who you associate yourself with, the first person that you see every morning is you in the mirror, and the last person you go to bed with that night is you. True. So you can't always worry about other people. You have to worry about yourself. If it's something that you love to do, then just go do it, because it's been proven, obviously, that dreams can come true. And it's a matter of if you work for it. If you let fear stop you, you're not going to be able to succeed in what you want to do. Right. Very true. You you need to learn to put other people's opinions behind yours because at the end of the day, you're the last one who has the final say in what you do. Wow. Yeah. That's, I guess that's right. Cause a lot of things is like a main reason, like why I started doing this and all this YouTube stuff and stuff like that back in high school is I, I finally felt like I was, I didn't care what people thought of me and I, I might be wrong like here and there, but overall I think that's like, one of the number one things, if you want to get into something creative, you have to let, now you have to first learn the difference between hate and criticism, like somebody trying to help you to get better and somebody just being mean because they've got nothing else to do. But you have to let exactly. what is the hate, you have to let it like slide off your back. Exactly, you can't, you can't hold on to every little thing that everybody says. Right. That goes back to the, one of the very first statements I said, you can try, but you will never please every single person. There's always going to be one person that doesn't like you. And it's yeah. sad because we, we can listen to 100 compliments, but if we get one discouraging thing, our entire world, it feels like you're not doing something right. Even though you have 100 to 1, all it takes is one person. And you just got to learn how to get over that one person 
especially exactly. in the music industry, because if you can't deal with one person criticizing you, then how are you going to deal with an entire, you know, if you ever get, you know, huge, like, Club Mountain Ozzy, how, how can you deal with an entire world? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If you can't deal with one person, how, how, how can you deal with a group? Exactly. Yeah, it's that's... just something that, that you got to put behind you. You just put it behind you and just focus on yourself. That's all it boils down to. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think that's something very good to leave off with before we move into our uh, end segment of the show, which would be Royalty Recommends right after the intro. Welcome to Royalty Recommends, the end segment of the show where me and my guests both recommend one thing that we enjoyed in the past week. And as usual, I would let my guests go first. One thing I enjoyed was, it's cliche, but probably Christmas. You know what I mean? I mean, it didn't feel like Christmas. And plus, it's the end of, the, you know, it's the end of 2020, so it's, like I said, the time to celebrate. Right. But, you know, I, I, I was with my girlfriend. I was with her mom. I was with my best friend. So, yeah, it was a very small group. But at least I was with people, you know, family. I mean, right. you know, I was home. We had, you know, I, I I was over there. We had dinner. We opened up gifts. And it was just a nice moment. At that time, it just seemed like, you know, I didn't worry about outside. I didn't worry about the world. I was with my girlfriend and her mom and my best friend. And it was just, you know, it was nice. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Because, like, although this year has been far from perfect, it was. It's still nice to like gather around, just spend time with family, and like forget about everything that's happened. And I, I, I did something very similar to that, although it was more like just my family, so no one really came over. But I, I one hundred percent get what you're coming, what you're going for there. Exactly. You got to learn to just, you know, like it goes back to what I said before: take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Right. You know, we we were home. It was Christmas. We had dinner. I was with my family, you know, my girlfriend, her mom, my friend. It was nice. And just enjoy the moment. Right. You know, take life day by day. Don't look ahead. Don't look behind. Just live now. Exactly. Remember to breathe. Exactly. Take a step back and breathe. You got it. <laughs> and now my, well, now in comparison, my royalty recommends seems uh, very inferior, but it's, um, it was a YouTube channel called Microwave Society, and I recently discovered them like early December, and I discovered them through their like movie reviews, which are just like they take bad movies and just commentate over them. And I just thought they were pretty funny. But in comparison to Christmas, that means like nothing. No, trust me, I would still check that out because because I, I don't know if you've ever seen like the movie sins and the yes. gaming sins where they count it, you know. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I'll still, even though it was Christmas, that same night I went and I watched my YouTube videos. So yeah. you're not too far. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> so that's going to pretty much wrap up the show for now. Um, thank you for coming on. This has been really fun. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Yeah, I appreciate no it. No problem. Same to you. Uh, and if people are interested in learning more about you and your upcoming projects, uh, where could they find you? Uh, I have an Instagram at uh, 
XJVQ King is my initials, my full name initials. And that's basically where I posted on, because I, I don't have a Spotify just yet. So Instagram, XJVQ King. Awesome. I post everything on there. All right. Um, and for our visual viewers, that will pop up on the bottom of the screen. But awesome. That is going to do it for a, another episode of King's Chaos. Once again, thank you for joining me on for this interview. It's been an honor. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Everybody, have yourself a great week. Have a good week, everybody.